0: Yo, what the deal be, everybody? I hope y'all doing well. It's about to be Turkey Day, but ain't no turkeys up in this piece, baby. Spawn is the premier podcast spotlighting people of color. Every week, we talk new, what we've been playing, and tell you who's invited to the cookout. Our show is all about talking about gaming through a prism of blackness, because we are the culture. Welcome to Bukanko, y'all. What the deal, be everybody in Chicago? This is your man. This is Khalif Adams. This is the Spawn on Me podcast. I hope you're all doing well. I hope you are rocking it everywhere you go. I hope you are doing well. I hope everything. Is coming to fruition that you are hopeful. We're almost at the end of the year, uh, but we are not at the end of our show. We're literally at the beginning of it because we're sparking it up, we're making it happen, we're making everything go down in the ways that we need to. I hope you're washing your hands, washing your butt, I hope you're social distancing, I hope you're doing everything you need to do to make yourself okay in these troubling but also semi amazing times. We are living in some of the best days and some of the worst days at the same time. And it it's really, really difficult to know what it ends up. I have no clue. <laughs> but We're rocking it all today uh, and doing our thing. Shout out to everybody in podcast land. Shout out to everybody in Twitch land. Shout out to everybody doing their thing and making it happen. I am ex- super, I'm super excited. Uh, Today because we have a fantastic show lined up for you all If you missed our last week's episode, you missed a banger and a half We did a little bit of recap I gave you my impressions and my winners for the game awards, the upcoming game awards Uh, So understand that all of those are correct And all of those will be the ones that wind up winning uh, for the 2020 uh, game awards Understand that that's going to happen in a real way So manifest that in your mind And make that be the thing that you need for this life Also uh, we had one of my honestly, one of my favorite, and, and honestly, I feel like one of our best interviews of not only 2020, but of the you know time that we've been doing Spawn on Me with corporate VP of, of gaming ecosystems. Sarah Bond was on our show, a huge, huge episode for us. I think a lot of folks shared some fantastic uh commentary about you know what they thought about that episode, they felt like it gave a really different um layer to being able to talk to someone that high up in the company um, and also gave Sarah bond a a wonderful place to be able to talk to all of you here in Bacago uh, about all the things that they are doing over in, in the Xbox land, which I think was, was, was super dope. And, and, and thank you to her again for rocking with us last week, but this week, we have somebody who I have been very, very excited to come on to the show. I have been a huge fan of this gentleman. I have been watching his his star skyrocket. I have been watching him become one of the dopest folks in the gaming industry. And I, I, I'm super excited to say that we are rocking this week. My man, my mellow, the smoothest kind of fellow. We are rocking with the one and only Steve Saylor is joining us this week here in Chicago, i am super super hyped to be able to say we got the fam steve rolling through what the deal be steve how are you hey, doing today?
1: i'm doing good
0: man thanks for having me on it's this is a long time coming <laughs> yo we have talked a little bit about this for gosh um How many, (laughs) we talked about this probably like at least two years ago, we had a a quick discussion because we were like ships passing in the night, right? Like, I think it was one of those things where I think maybe I had just done like what's good games or something like that. And then I think like a little bit after that, you kind of came on kind of funny or it was like, there's been this interesting leapfrog of everyone doing kind of like kind of funny, what's good. And then all the other stuff in between, uh, and we've all kind of like done this, done this role together. Uh, it's like, we're all playing dark souls together. Um, (laughs) Yep. Pretty much. (laughs) But, but I, you know, I'm super hyped to have you on for multiple reasons. Um, I, I, I I gushed over you a little bit before, you know, we started on air tonight. Um, I'm going to gush again. Now that we're actually on air, we got people in chat hanging out um i i i have to say i am amazingly proud of you like i am uh, there are folks in this industry who you know we see everybody through our kind of best moments right we 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 see everybody through the times that we all kind of like poke on social media and we're like oh i saw somebody do something really cool over here like who's that person or i saw somebody over here doing that thing and and you have been in the space for a very long time. We're going to talk about that in a second, but I think Mm -hmm. this year specifically has been nuts for you. Like this has been a, a, a like astoundingly good year in terms of the way things have kind of run this year. Uh, First of all, let the folks know exactly who you are and what you do. And then I kind of want to talk about, you know, this, this, this crazy run that we've had for 2020 for you.
1: Uh, yeah. So, uh, hi, I'm Steve Saylor Um, I'm commonly known as the blind gamer, uh, or at least that's how I, uh, go on, on YouTube. Um, I'm an accessibility advocate and consultant, and I've worked, uh, with a, f- a few studios, uh, in my short, uh, career as a consultant, uh, I've worked with Ubisoft. Uh, I can officially say i I, uh, I did a little bit of work on watchdogs, Legion, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Uh, I've done some stuff with EA and then, uh, most recently. Or I guess not necessarily most recently anymore, but at least this year, uh, I also uh, helped out with uh, consult with uh, Naughty Dog on The Last of Us Part Two. Yeah,
0: so that is that is like the dopest. Just like offhand flex, because uh, <laughs> 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 I, lo- I love <laughs> I love how just chill you said all of those wonderful accolades that, that you said. Plus. You've won an award. Didn't you win an award like a, a couple of months ago or something to that effect? Uh,
1: I was nominated for uh, Content Creator of the Year for the Canadian Game Awards. I, I didn't win, but uh, I, I mean, you know, as they say, it's cool to be nominated. I'm cool with that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I mean, I, I so I do I always do prep before the show. Um, And I, I've known of your work for a long time. I've, you know, followed your work for... A couple of years now, you know, just you know, in the circles of everybody who's been in this in this kind of DNI space, right? You know, we do it from a kind of race and, and, and ethnicity perspective. You're doing it from an accessibility perspective, and then all of our Venn diagrams always wind up meeting at some point anyway, right?
1: <laughs> Pretty um, much, yeah.
0: Um, and it's been not only super cool to see the conversation around accessibility grow in this way, uh, and I think it's grown. At least, you know, double or tenfold at this point. Since when I first started to have these conversations in the industry a while ago, um, what's the journey been like? Because you've been a content creator for a long period of time now. Like it's it's not like you're just a, a new cat coming to the coming to the stage and being like, yeah, I'm just new on the block and I'm just killing it every which way. You've 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 earned your stripes and you paid your dues for a long time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I, I am still like relatively new, at least in like fully uh, in my career, like in the video game space, but I have been creating content, uh, for basically about 15 years at this point mm. uh, I started back in 2005 when podcasting was still new and you had to code an XML uh, spreadsheet in order for uh, your podcast feed to work. Um, I think, uh, I think uh, gamer tag radio probably, uh, beats me in in, in, in like, at least by a little bit, uh, in, <laughs> in being like the first kind of gaming related podcast. Cause I had a podcast that went like in 2007, that was kind of like my main big one. But, um, yeah, I, i've been i've been doing this for so long but i had never really kind of did anything game related until about 2015 uh when i started essentially my blind gamer uh youtube channel i had a youtube channel since since 2005 but that's why like my url is youtube.com snowball um that oh yeah snowball was my was my nickname since i was a kid and i signed up in 2005 thinking i'm like oh yeah i'll just use that as my nickname and basically that that URL stuck and I've had that for now 15 years. Um, but when I started The Blind Gamer, it essentially was a way for me to like, just tell my friends. Cause I like for years, I like I was always a casual gamer, Yeah. but I used to think I just sucked at video games. Like I really, <laughs> I was like really bad. Didn't even think really that it was my eyesight that was kind of getting in the way. I just sort of felt like, well, yeah, there's certain things I can't see on the screen, but I didn't think that it was affecting necessarily my gameplay. I just thought like, ah, you know what, I just sucked. And uh, so I thought like, oh, you know what? I'll create this sort of Let's Play YouTube channel where I've been telling my friends for years, I sucked at video games, now I get to show them proof. And (laughs) uh, and it literally was just like, and I just thought my niche was that I was blind. And Mm -hmm. like, uh, that's basically kind of like how that whole started in 2015. And then over the course, like it was like every year there was always like something kind of big that happened. Like I remember that first year, When I first started, I had 130 subscribers on YouTube. Yeah. Within that, within like a few months, literally just one random YouTuber in Greece saw one of my videos, put a thing out on his channel saying you need to follow this dude, and within 24 hours, I uh, I was up to 1,500 subscribers. Wow. And yeah, and I was like, oh damn, okay, there's something here, and so I basically. Started to dedicate to that, and then um, and then I, I sort of discovered kind of accessibility literally actually on a stage in a panel, which was funny. Um, it, <laughs> I was I was invited by it was I was I was invited by Ubisoft here, here in Toronto, where I'm where I live, and they were doing this uh, like UX summit where they had a whole bunch of developers come from across the industry, come to Toronto and learn about uh, actually this day I was on was all about accessibility. So we had people from Naughty Dog, from Microsoft, from uh, Rockstar, from pretty much all across the industry. And I was on a panel, I was basically the gamer in the room and that's why I would kind of pictured it. It was like, okay, yeah, that's the thing that I'm, that's what I'm here for. But it, like, and I didn't really think about accessibility. I don't think I even really heard a lot about accessibility up until that point. And then literally on, the, on stage, I had an epiphany and I said like cuz I kept saying I sucked at games for for years but in reality it was a game sucked for me. And it was at that moment that I was like okay accessibility is kind of like where I want to do it and I've been doing that since 2017.
0: That's wild. I mean it's also one of those things mm-hmm. too where it's like I it is it is interesting to hear you say like I learned about this stuff on a panel that I was on. <laughs> like it's it's kind of wild, right? And I think one of the things that i you know this this especially this this week has been very, very difficult um it's just mm-hmm. been hard uh in terms of a lot of different things. the world has been hard you know you know uh, American Thanksgiving is happening in, in some tomorrow, and you know worrying about the pandemic and then seeing you know you know stream friends and internet friends and 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 people who I love being harassed online has been nuts and it's mm-hmm. been one of those things where I always have to remember, like, none of us are experts, right? None mm-hmm. of us are experts when you start this work. None of us are, 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 are folks who are like, hey, I'm going to know everything all at once, all at the same time, as soon as I decide to become a content creator, right? Mm-hmm. You have to learn mm-hmm. the process of being more of a public person and learning how to um, understand your, your your place in the, the big puzzle, right? Um mm-hmm. When that light bulb hit for you that you were like, oh, you know, one, my my vision is is impairing me in these ways, in the ways that I play. And two, oh, crap, this is the thing that I may actually want to start to talk about in a broader sense. When did that thing kind of start for you? When did that kind of hit?
1: Uh, so it was... It was essentially like, because it was like 2017 was that that realization, I was like, okay, I'm gonna start focusing on uh, accessibility and kind of switching my content to just being, instead of just being like uh, only gaming videos, like literally just kind of talking about accessibility and um, connecting with people in the, in the accessibility community and stuff like that. So I was kind of slowly doing that over like the course from 2017 to uh, like the end of 2018. And then, um, as it happened, like that's the thing. Like, like, like at the time, I was doing a lot of blind gamer stuff, kind of on the side, as like my side thing, because I was working in the radio industry. Uh, I was working in that industry for twelve years. I was a digital content producer for two of the uh largest radio stations in all of Canada. Huh. And I was running I, I was running uh like uh the websites and the social media and all the content for uh classic hit station, uh sixties, seventies and eighties, and then also <laughs> a hip hop uh, station yes. uh, in Toronto. And I was like, oh okay. like it was it was Two completely different audiences, but I was like, okay, I'm going to be, I'm going to create content all around it. And, uh, as the thing is in radio, uh, like there's a saying that literally you can't say you worked in radio unless you've been laid off in radio. And that's literally what happened to me at the beginning of 2019. And so I thought, okay, I have a bit of, I I had a, thankfully I had a very good severance, uh, check, which was (laughs) nice. Um, and I was, I figured, you know what? I'm going to invest into go trying to be a content creator and, and an advocate for accessibility full time. And I like last year, I, I worked my ass off. Like I went to as many conventions as i could within a short period of time i went to gdc uh last year I went to e3 i went to pax east i did a bunch of consulting work uh and like i did as much as i could and then i was like in 2020 i was like okay this is great <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm in it i'm ready to go let's do this and then the pandemic hit and i'm like damn uh yeah. what do, what do i do now and uh because I like literally I was supposed to like at my starting point for 2020 was going to be GDC like proper because I got like a pass and I was able to kind of go to I had lined up a bunch of meetings with a bunch of people uh, in the industry. And obviously that didn't happen. Uh, and I thought, well, what the hell am I going to do? Mm. And then yeah, little then what saved it like and just really exploded for me was obviously with The Last of Us when that released. Um and yeah, then that kind of that viral video that is now uh, it made me infamous for crying on the Internet. Um, <laughs> that's I mean, that, like kind of all throughout that is just like that's kind of like basically it was like 2019 was like that starting year. And then like 2020, it was like it feels like it's been like all of what I've been working for, like all that karma that I've been saving up for 15 years. It's like I cashed in all my chips in 2020 and it's it, this is how it all happened. <laughs> I mean that that's
0: it's kind of how it happens, right? Where it is just yeah, like, yeah. you know, you you bust your butt, you you make sure you get all the things done, and you and you you knock it out of the park, and then, like a thing happens, and then that thing is the like thing that pushes you forward, uh, with all the kind of kind of energy that goes along with that. Um, as a former radio person myself, I'm happy to know that you also did radio as well. The one thing oh, yeah. I have to ask you is, do you remember your call letters?
1: uh chbm that was the uh classic hit station and then uh ooh cfxj um ooh. that was the yeah yeah that was uh that was flow
0: nice 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 i mean i it's one of those things too uh, and you can kind of tell Sometimes when folks have done radio before, it's like there's a timber in the voice, there's a cadence in the way you speak. <laughs> there's a, there's, I was like, oh, once you said that, I was like, oh, that totally clicks. I can hear it now.
1: Um, yeah, that's that's what a lot of people say. Whenever they are like, they found out I worked in radio, it's like, oh, okay, yeah, you have a voice for radio. I'm like, wait, I didn't before, and just only now. <laughs> <laughs> it's wild because
0: so. it is one of those things. where just like, yo, radio, like you you can tell, like you know the radio brethren and sister, and when you hear it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. 2020 has been a funky year. Um, It has been one of those things where I think a lot of folks now are having to reassess, you know, not only, you know, kind of where they sit in the, you know, in the hierarchy of, of the industry, but also I've had to then try to figure out new ways to kind of reinvent themselves because all those other opportunities that were kind of there already, not, not didn't dry up, but they're, they're just different. Right. And we're still kind of waiting for things to settle down and, for pandemics to go away and people to, to, you know, to, to figure all that kind of stuff out. What's been the adjustment for you, uh, that you've kind of seen yourself do this year? I, you know, I've seen you doing everything from IGN to, you know, kind of funny to, you know, all these other shows. What's been the, what's been the readjustment for you in a way that you feels like you've kind of grown into, you know, maybe not necessarily a new, a new content creator in the different ways you do it, but You've added some tools to your toolbox. Wow,
1: that's that's a really great question. Um, I the thing that I like I had basically had been building all this time um, was mainly like how to be able to create content in a basic professional quality as possible, mm-hmm. whether that's audio or video. Um, I spent like majority of my adult life learning, basically teaching myself a lot of that trade. But one of the things I didn't really get a chance to to learn was really kind of like understand the influencer aspect of uh, being a content creator um, because of b- before the last of us thing hit and went viral. Um, I mean, I had a pretty decent following, but it was it, it wasn't like a a huge amount where I felt like I could basically go to a company and be like, hey, I've got this audience that would be interested in this. I've, I always kind of felt uncomfortable about that. But and and I and then also as well, I never realized how, like really like I used to think like influencer was kind of almost a bad word in in our sort of lexicon, <laughs> because it just it could be seen as like oh like like either an Instagram model or just like a, a TikTok star that kind of thing and it was I mean not to knock any of those because there's amazing people that are on uh, that are doing those but it just sort of felt like. Being an influencer felt like it was kind of like one of those like, ah, it just that's one of the like the things that the little kids are doing um are able to do. <laughs> but this year, because of like essentially my audience doubled like overnight pretty much, uh, and I've had to learn how to manage that audience, but not necessarily in a, like, in a way that like, okay, now I need to sort of be squeaky clean and and all that. Cause I'm like, there's mistakes I've made, uh, even this year alone, like in trying to be able to figure that out, I'll probably make mistakes even in the future. Uh, but I I've realized the, the gravity and the weight of what my sort of, uh, my thoughts and my, and my opinions can hold. Um, and also my influence in, in the industry, like, and that's not an egotistical thing for, Mm. for, for me. I just think it's like, even just in it, like in the small little kind of uh, world that I that like I had happened in this industry, I um I had to learn that okay yeah no that's like my words carry weight now and I need to be careful of that I need to be responsible for that um because that is something that uh, um I don't take for granted I am extremely honored humbled and, and and blessed every time I get to be able to do something really cool which. This year I've done like things that I only dreamt of like dreamt of when I first started. And now it's like 2021. I'm like, I need to come up with new goals. I just like or new dreams because I've pretty much fulfilled a lot of them. Um, but that was sort of the things I kind of like had to put in my toolbox was the realizing and and making sure that I'm responsible for the influence that I do have. I is, that's uh, I'm so happy to hear you say that. Um because
0: I think that there is a thing that exponentially changes with the more people you bring into the fold, right? And mm-hmm. that part is extremely hard to deal with. Um, I don't think a lot of folks who, and, and again, this is not some, woe is me, people follow me on the internet and like the stuff I do. Like, it's not like <laughs> that No, No, me either. Because yeah. <laughs> it's not that, but it is one of those things where I feel immense amounts of pressure to not fuck up, right? Yeah. Yeah. And and the the pressure that I feel to not fuck up has made me less willing to step out on limbs that I used to step out on easily, right?
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. H-
0: have you been feeling, like, how much are you feeling that too? Because <laughs> I know I'm feeling a lot.
1: I, yes, 100%. Uh, like, I feel uh, uh, just, there's, there's an immense amount of pressure. Like, anytime I sort of say anything that is not, in my wheelhouse, uh, essentially. And I think even, even this year with, um, with, uh, basically like with, with everything that, I mean, that, that, the, that you have like in the black community has kind of been through, like, I, I, I mean, I gotta give you, uh, you props for that, for that episode earlier this year. Um, when you had zombie Cameron Pika, um, bless and Paris on, because that, like that opened my eyes in in a massive way not the fact that i was like unaware of what was going on but it gave me perspective that i had never been able to understand and that in of itself like that gave that kind of gave me the 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 confidence to at least be able to speak out about about that kind of stuff i've been afraid ever since then to basically still like say anything or or do anything Yeah. yeah and it, but I think in a way it's sort of like it's a two ed, it's a two edged sword in a way where it's like it emboldens me to basically be like, OK, I have a voice I want to I want to have my vo- like voice be for good and I want to be able to stand up for friends and that are being that, that are that are being oppressed and hated upon harassed. And, and I, I want to be able to do that. But then also I, I have to understand that, OK, th- there is the negative aspect of that where there's going to be people that are going to be extremely pissed off and 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 that I'm sort of jumping into that. And it's like, well, you should stay out of politics or stay out of religion or whichever. And and I'm like, I, I, I am it's still it's a constant battle every time. I'm just I I, I want to stand up, I but also I I'm afraid to because I'm afraid of, of of saying and doing the wrong thing, uh, even with the right intentions. Yeah. Um. And that's the thing that I'm I, I am so deathly afraid of is is anything I do that it can come across as not being well intentioned because I don't want to I, I personally I don't want to offend anybody like anybody like and I know that's sort of like a common sort of cliche thing, but sure. it's like, it, it truly is yeah. my thing. I want to love. I love everybody. I, I like I I I grew up Christian, so that love your neighbor is so ingrained in my personality, in my uh morals, and in my spirit that I'm just like, that's all I want to do. And whenever I hear that if, if like if possibly if anybody's pissed off or hates me in any way, that hurts more because I don't know what I did to offend that person. And yep. I don't want like, and that is something that like I have, I have just Every time I stand up about anything, it's just like that's that's the thing that, that kind of goes through my head. I'm like, I don't want I don't want to get me get mad. But also like I have to, but I have to like I can't just sort of walk on eggshells around it. Like there's there's things happening in this world that I'm like that needs to change and that needs to uh, like needs to be done in, in a way that basically makes this industry more inclusive for everybody. And I want to I want to help that. I want to I want to be a part of that change and. and I hope I can but yeah that is something that is an ex- extreme amount of pressure and like this year alone that I've never like I've never this is a new thing for me and I, I and I hope I do well I I that's that's the thing I say every day it's like I hope I can do well today <laughs> I I
0: I'm it's it's really nice to hear cuz I talk about this stuff behind the scenes with a lot of other folks right and I feel like mm-hmm. The 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 place that we find ourselves in currently is super peculiar in lots of different ways because, one, the internet is wild as shit and people do whatever mm-hmm. the hell they want and there's this this la- this level playing ground with misinformation, disinformation, and actual truth, right? Yeah. Where folks who are like, "Yo, this is my experience and this is what I'm feeling and this is what I'm doing and this is this is who I am." say that thing and they get that thing out into the world and people are just like, well, what do you mean by this? And what does that mean? And, and I don't understand. There isn't like a lot of space now for learning and that part mm-hmm. to me feels not dangerous. It just feels like, um, you know, nuance is a thing that's super important to me as just a human being. Mm-hmm. Um, empathy is a huge, huge thing for me as a human being. But also, like, I'm learning the older that I get. You know, I'm, I'll be, I'm 42 this year. I just turned 42 this year. Um, grace is a thing now that I learn a lot about. And I feel like that's mm. a thing that the internet has lost a lot of. And I feel mm-hmm. like in the, circum, in the circles that we that we roll in, there's even a lot of grace that's not being given to each other in that mm-hmm. space, right? Which I feel is the saddest part of, where we find ourselves not, and this isn't like some, like, Kai's going to go on his Joe Rogan anti-culture cancer culture rant. This is not that, mm. but it is this layer of, there isn't enough grace given to people who are trying to learn in real time. We're all learning in real time. One of the, one of the most beautiful things that I see in the accessibility community is, you know, cause I talked to, Craig and, and all the other folks from Able Gamers all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Is the conversation around language and how fluid yeah. language is. And we see it in, in, in conversations around sexuality all the time. Language is so fluid, right? And mm-hmm. what what's that conversation been like with folks in, in the circles that you're talking to around accessibility about how, the strategies in which you bring new people into the fold? Because I think that part to me is the hardest part right now is like it's not like people can't rock with the idea of like you know there are people who just can't rock with the idea of like let's make it better for everybody those assholes mm-hmm. are not in our not in our in our crews but i think the people who mm-hmm. are like on the periphery who are just like oh in that same space that you were when you got on that panel right like oh i yeah. didn't know this was a thing and now i want to be a part of this conversation and how do i learn what's the conversations there that folks are having in your circles about like how do you uh, pl- like course correct people in ways that don't make them feel stupid or make them feel inadequate or make them feel like they they, they don't have access to the knowledge that you and the rest of those folks have.
1: Uh, that's something that I've been very curious about, uh, especially this year in that before I was always kind of like able to just kind of just say I was more of a consultant, like I'll work with studios and 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 talk with them about adding accessibility and And and, and like I'm being able to like talk about it once it releases and stuff like that, like that's that's cool. But then once like I kind of, I guess, got on the the grand stage of the Internet, um, I've realized that essentially I've kind of in in, in a way in in a sort of small way. I've been kind of like the door that kind of opens up to people's minds about what accessibility is. Mm. And one thing that I. I, I love that uh, that I've been able to sort of showcase, at least this year, is accessibility is more than just options. It's more than yeah. just settings. Um, there is there's a human factor into accessibility. Um, there are players uh, that want to play games and want to enjoy the same games that their friends are playing, but they can't because of... Just whatever game is just not able to be accessible to them, whether they can't use a controller, or they can't see the text on a screen, or they can't hear um, the gun going off and behind you. uh at, like, and you, you get you die instantly. So it's 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 more than just those options. It's like it's there's a human being behind accessibility and. And, and, and something I, I kind of even found out actually this year um, was uh, so the team on uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, uh, I met with them in, in 2018 uh, and it was like they were kind of like in the early stages of uh, Valhalla at that point. And they, I was really kind of I was talking to a lot of the team there and I was giving them kind of like all the of, of the barriers that I have and, and possible solutions of things I would love to be able to see in in those games. And I like I could see them like furiously kind of like taking notes, and then I found out uh, years later that set, ever since that first sort of workshop that I that I was in, they kind of labeled a lot of the the functions and the features that they created the Steve features, <laughs> and I was like that blew me away. I was like, are you serious? Like they, it, 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 and I was told that that's what helped them like push forward in making sure that these settings and these options made into the game because there was a, to them, a human being behind the the, the options that they that they created and that they worked on. And that's something that I feel like uh, for those who are like are new to, or new to finding out about accessibility, it's yes, in a way it's an access, a, it's a menu in a game that allows people to adjust settings and uh, make like remap controls and subtitles and stuff like that. Yes, that's all part of it. But when you when you see the impact of what accessibility can do to a player, that's where the real impact lies. Because then you can be able to see the joy of a person being able to play a game for the either for the first time or play a genre that they've never been able to play before. And they finally get to enjoy the the hobby that we all love. That is that's where like that's where the real magic is. And that's where the real like like amazing part of what I and amazing people in this community have been pushing for for years. That's brilliant. I I love that. Actually, you
0: know what? That that, that brings me to something that I wanted to show <clears throat> on stream too. Because I, you know, I in, in preparation for you being on the show, you know, I wasn't gonna play the the the, the last of us crying part because I I just like I know how much I know it is a certain point. At some point, you're just like, yo, can people stop showing me crying on? <laughs> <tonight?"> <laughs> But I do, but I do want to show this one clip about uh, from from one of your most recent videos about Watch Dogs Legion, um, and, and, mm. and I'm going to show that really quick.
1: Elements. And I was like, okay, all right. And it wasn't until I started to compare the footage from back in July to now where I actually noticed there is a size increase in some of the HUD elements in the game. From some of the little pop-up uh, things that you see, to the uh, hacker command wheel is, is is increased in size, to some of the pop-up dialogue boxes and the menus have increased. And I it, it was something I was like I didn't even notice until I play until I compared it, and I was like, oh. So again, I'm not gonna take credit for this uh, because I, but I also do know that some of the Ubisoft developers did watch our, like our video and and uh, I mean, they possibly might've, but hey, if they did and that's be, uh, they increased it because of like my feedback, plus also the other uh, blind players that got to play it and had their feedback, then that's really cool. That means that Ubisoft, oops, I just hit the mic. And uh, that means that Ubisoft actually listened to, uh, to us as accessibility advocates that one of the things we would just wanted to be able to see improved in the final version of the game. So it's not like a huge amount and, and I probably wouldn't say it's the best as far as uh, like what we did receive in the final version of the game, because I get it. Like a lot of the UI and the engine was kind of already locked in years ago. Um, but I like, I was, I was happy to see that there was improvements being made even a few months before release, which was really, really cool to see.
0: I, I have to say, it's super dope to be able to say, I know someone who is changing the future of games. Like, I, <laughs> But like, seriously, oh, wow. you, you you laugh that often, and, and I understand because you're a very humble man. But I think that one of the things that that I always go back to when we see so much vitriol happening in the space and we see so much negativity in, on social and we see all this infighting and external fighting and, and all this fighting happening, sometimes we forget to see that there are wins happening too. And I think that this mm. is important stuff to always kind of go back to, to say like, we're moving. Things are trudging along. They're not moving as fast as we want them to move, but they are moving in 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 some form or fashion. What, you know, I, I want to talk a little bit about that and I want to talk about Last of Us too. but how does it feel to kind of know that like, yeah, these things are like, they're actually working, they're getting into the games that you've been doing this this work on and, and other folks in, in, in the group that you've been working with.
1: Uh, well, it's, yeah, actually seeing that clip, I, 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 in a way, like I actually did forget about uh, about that, to be honest. Um, it, it, and that kind of brings up essentially kind of what I, what I talked about before, just sort of like realizing the, the influencer part of this whole thing. Um, Is that also yeah like I I keep forgetting that oh yeah developers also watch my stuff too and like, the, like the, in the context of that particular clip, um, I made a video uh, with two friends of mine that uh, at caniplaythat.com, which is an amazing site. It's basically like IGN for accessibility reviews. Mm. Um, and I had uh, my friends, Ben Bayless and Grant Stoner uh, from Can I Play That? And we, we, do- we talked about Watchdogs because we got invited to play at least six hours of Watch Dogs back at uh, the beginning of the summer. And it was cool to see the, the contrast of like, because when I finally got that final version of the game and just seeing like what improvements were made just in those first few months, because we like we gave our feedback essentially in that video of the preview video of our hands on. And we talked about things we liked things we would love to be able to see change. It wasn't until we got the, I got that review copy. That I was like, oh, they actually did make these changes. And <laughs> I don't know if they planned it all along or they just needed confirmation of being like yep yeah, nope this is what we need to do or they were like oh shoot we gotta change this because uh we need to because the steve's video and, or whatever and i'm like oh like it just it's still it, it like i don't i don't understand how like this thing could happen like that either that quickly but also like yeah you're right it's like it's so weird just to see that kind of impact that i that I don't know. It's it. It's it's surreal, man. That's basically the way I've been described. Twenty twenty. It's just so surreal. <laughs> it's it's super wild. Like
0: it. It is one of those things that when I think about again, like <clears throat> what the actual impact that folks are having on the industry looks like. Um, this is the stuff that I think about. It's the stuff that you're doing. It's the stuff that Able Gamers is doing. It's the stuff that you know Black Girl Gamers is doing. It's stuff that Zombie's is doing. You know, like all the stuff that we're all trying to like push together uh, to get things to move in a in a positive direction. There are some wins to be found, and I think that it it is very very important to kind of look back. You know, not only on this year, which is an anomaly in different in different ways, but you know, on the totality of what we where we've come from to where we are now. Uh, there is some, is some good to, to be to be found. There's some silver linings indeed. Um, mm-hmm. We're going to take a quick break. <clears throat> we have to thank our wonderful sponsors over at Annapurna Interactive uh, for hooking us up and sponsoring Spawn On Me for the past couple of weeks, including this episode tonight. Uh, they have been promoting their game, The Pathless, which is this fantastic uh, archery uh, kind of base game. It's fantastic in the way that your character just swoops through the swoops through the landscapes and shoots all these demons down and it looks really beautiful and it's gorgeous. It's a fantastic looking and sounding game. You can check that thing out on uh, all the platforms that your games are on. I think it's on PS4, PS5, Epic Game Store and Apple Arcade as well. Uh, make sure you go check that out. And uh, while we take our break, I'm going to let you take a quick look at the Pathless. Oh.
1: The Mozart
0: Welcome back to the Spawn of Me podcast. I'm your host, Khalif Adams. What the deal be? We are rocking with my man, my mellow, Steve Saylor, hanging out, talking about all the wonderful things. It's interesting, just looking at that Pathless trailer, anytime I hear guitars now, I think of The Last of Us 2. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. It's, it's been so that right way here, for me, too. I hear somebody guitar plucked in that way. I'm just like, yo, where? Where, where, where Ellie at? You're <laughs> like, yep, trying yep. not to get shanked in a corner uh, randomly by, by Ellie uh, <laughs> doing that kind of work. But mm-hmm. I, I want to dig into the work you do with The Last of Us 2 because, again, we talked a little bit about that pre uh, before our break. Um, and I feel like... Of the games that I have seen in the past five to six years, this, the, the, the work that's been implemented within that game from an accessibility standpoint, you know, when you talked about it during, during your, your videos and the one that you shared on, on Twitter, it is astounding what that company and Naughty Dog did to make all of that happen. Give the folks at home a little bit of a sneak behind the curtain of like what that process was and, and kind of when they brought you into to kind of help them do some of that work. I, I'm curious to know all those bits.
1: Uh, yeah, so essentially, if, if, if you're n- unaware, um, The Last of Us is a game by night. No, I'm um, <laughs> <laughs> It's am uh, it, it. So so that game has over 60, like 60 plus accessibility options. And that alone within the accessibility community, that is huge. Um, Normally a game would get maybe 10 to 20, um, 30 if it's a really good game. But we've never seen that many options in a game for accessibility uh, like of this scale. And one of the things that I, I was Very interested in um in what they were in what they were doing, Uh, so they they approached me at a game accessibility conference um that I was on on a panel for, and it was basically like it was were a bunch of again same thing bunch of developers throughout the industry kind of came and and learned about accessibility and. Uh, there was two people from Naughty Dog that came up and said, hey, we would uh, we would love to be able to work with you. And uh, like without really even saying anything, it's like it's like, <laughs> you know, that it's the last of us. Like there's just there's nothing <laughs> there's nothing beyond like, what oh, Uncharted five. No, it's the last of us part, Two. Of course it is. Um, and so they they wanted to kind of uh, like send me out to um to Santa Monica uh to basically to their studios and um, and essentially kind of like get some feedback on kind of what they were working on. I, I found out just over the course of of working with them in that they they were uh, they started the accessibility process at the very beginning, if not before um the last of us. They huh. really became a fully aware of accessibility in a huge way when they were working on uncharted 4. And uh, there, was, uh, there was a, a disabled gamer, uh, his name was Josh Straub. He approached uh, Naughty Dog and said, hey, I, can't, like, I would love to be able to play Uncharted, but I can't. And I want to help make that happen. And so they worked with him in, on a few of the options. And actually, even Uncharted 4 at the time was actually seen as a pretty, pretty big deal within the accessibility community because it had the ability to change those settings at the very beginning of the game, which is something we hadn't really seen up until that point. Uh, a lot of, and, and so seeing that from a AAA level, that was really cool. And so they had a few things kind of already started, including one of the fe- main features of The Last of Us Part Two for accessibility was a high contrast mode, which uh, if, you, if you played Uncharted 4 and you completed the game, if you remember unlocking something called Thief mode, where essentially it turned the entire world like in a, a grayscale, and turn Nate into a shade of blue. Your enemies in, sh- in a shade of red, and allowed you be able to kind of like play the game in that in that mode. Mm. A lot of disabled players were basically saying, "Hey, that's actually a cool accessibility option," and so they kind of took that and moved it into The Last of Us Part Two. And so they kind of started then they start from the very beginning, which something we've been consultants have been saying to studios like you got to start from the beginning because it makes it a lot easier down the line to be able to like lock in those settings and also change any settings if you need to based on feedback. And at first, um, after talking with uh, with Neil Druckmann, I found out that like there was a small group of executives that were wanting to be able to make this happen uh, in, in this game. And Neil said, "Okay, you got like you got a little bit of time. Otherwise, we kind of. Have to move on if we can't be able to make this happen, and then eventually that team grew, and it drew, just grew, and and more more of the teams, more of the, the developers at Naughty Dog essentially like got to got to work on. It. They were passionate about it, and it kind of convinced Neil to say like, all right, yeah, let's let's make this happen. And I will, I can honestly say I've actually talked to the, some of the developers. I don't think there was one person, there was not one person in the entire studio that didn't like that, that didn't touch like uh, the accessibility. Uh, wow. every, every person touched on, on some aspect of it. And, um, and essentially when that came out, there's, there's so many options in there that, and, and I'll, I'll kind of give a small example of like, what what an impact this, this game has. Yeah. The blind accessibility options, which is something I kind of, uh, dealt with more in the low vision side they like the way I've always described blindness. Essentially, that's more of a spectrum. It's rarely ever an on off switch where you can't see anything. You're it's very rare that a blind person is more like a Stevie Wonder or or, or Ray Charles where they can't see anything. Mm. So there's there's a there's a wide like spectrum of how you consider yourself being blind. I can honestly say that this is the only game that I've ever come across where regardless of what side of the spectrum you're on for blindness, you can be able to play this game and not only play it, but actually complete it. And in some cases I've seen it where even some like people who are completely blind, like completely sightless have been able to even get the platinum trophy in The Last of Us. And that is something that has (laughs) never really ever been done before. Like this is a landmark moment in accessibility where we're going to be talking about accessibility before The Last of Us Part Two and after The Last of Us Part Two. And my involvement, essentially, it was like all like I I got to basically like play a bunch of, of the game um, although I don't know, um, this might be a tangent story, but I think I no, probably no. have the most, I have the most unique experience. I won't spoil it any like in, in, in specific points in the game. You haven't played it, but like, basically there is a fate of a particular character in the game <laughs> that I didn't know about until I played a certain section. And there is a trailer that essentially that essentially is a red herring trailer that. I that's the only information I knew going into it. So when oh, I played it man. and I found out that, and I found out that that moment and I found that moment, I was like, oh, wait, that's not how it was shown in the trailer. It like I looking I, I when I looked around me, I could see now there's like seven or eight Naughty Dog developers standing around me in a circle and they're just like smiling and not like and, and just <laughs> nodding. And I'm like, <laughs> it, it took me a second. I'm like, I clued it. I'm like, wait, wait. That's, that's what happened. That like seriously, like that's what you did. And I was I freaked out for 10, 15 minutes. Just, I had to put down the controller. I was like, I oh my God, like, are you serious? Like, this is, this is what happened. This is what happened. And I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And then when I finally like calmed down and realized, okay, like this is what they did. Like, this is what they did. And this is the, the turn that this game takes. It was then that I, that uh, that uh, the, the scene that they brought up afterwards. <laughs> You're going to love, you're going to love this. I'll only say like what the name of the scene, because like, you're like you not going to believe, but this is, this is the God's honest truth. The scene that they had me play after I realized that was the museum scene. Oh, come on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, come yeah. on. No. It was the most, it was the most charming and heartbreaking scene no. I have ever played. And it, but it was like, it was the best <laughs> For me because i was like oh my god i better really get to see this and it's like oh it was so like oh, it was so good and it's not the scene that like that plays right after this moment either so it's just like oh like it was they so just cool. serve but, you yeah. like
0: a better razor blades and then like a bag of kittens <laughs> like what the yeah hell? pretty much yeah, yeah oh but, my god that's n- yeah that's wild <laughs> That's awesome. I mean and, and also shout out to naughty dog for being like wild masochists to be like, yo, we're going to give you this. We're gonna give you give this scene which is the most impactful yep. scene in the game. Yeah. Oh yep. my god. Oh, that's great. That's that
1: that makes me like them even more. <laughs> you know I, know, I know it's like, cause that's the thing. I like it, and it's, I still say to this day, like that is my all time favorite scene in the entire game. It's like, it's the giraffe scene uh, from the first game. Like that to me is like, it. like, and I think like I have the most unique experience out of out, like anyone <laughs> in the entire world. And I, and I love them for it. And it's like, yeah, they're masochists, but they, they definitely know how to be able to pull the heartstrings. That's for sure. And it's Yo. like, yeah, that just made me love them even more.
0: Wow.
1: Okay. I mean, that's,
0: yeah, you definitely get to like, check that off your box. of was just like, wildest <laughs> last of us two experience that you're able to have. Yeah. Um, I, okay. So I want, I want to, I want to ask this, cause I think this is a part of the thing that I, that always kind of runs to my head when we have these conversations is mm-hmm. that you talked about that number of accessibility options in last of us two. I think you just said it was 40 or something, something to that effect, right? 60, 60. Yeah. In your mind, because like you said, there is a kind of like pre-Last of Us 2 and then post-Last of Us Two in terms of like what games should be or could be doing to make these experiences better for people. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like at this point in the conversations that you're having with folks that that people are sharing knowledge between Studios, Like, I feel like that's one of the things that I've seen on a a fairly consistent basis was just being like, oh, this really cool thing that just happened here is not happening in all these other places where it could be. Is it Mm -hmm. something that you're like hearing people say like, oh, well, you know, we crib this from these folks or, you know, this stuff that we saw in this other game that we thought would be smart to add here. We snagged some of that and
1: put it into our game, too. Is that
0: a conversation that's happening in terms of accessibility stuff that you're seeing and, and hearing about? Oh, totally. Um,
1: hmm. There's a lot of like kind of like duplication and in, in, in different studios of being like, oh, this game did this. What if we tried it? And it's it's stuff like that. It's, that is starting to happen. I don't think we'll probably see the true impact of what The Last of Us has, uh, has done until probably a couple of years from now, mm-hmm. um, because obviously development takes a lot of time and, and resources to kind of put in. Um, but I do like I do know that um, Naughty Dog is sharing. That accessibility information within their PlayStation Studios. Um, mm. So that is something that is that is being done internally. But even on the other side, on on Microsoft, um, they've been doing this for for a while now. They actually have a um, initiative, a, like a, a team within Xbox, called Gaming for Everyone, and yep. it's run by a lot of champions within Xbox that are advocates for accessibility, and they work with their first party studios to. Uh, try to be able to make their uh, their games as accessible uh, as possible. Um, it's still up to the studios to really kind of like add in a lot of the resources uh, that that they can within the game. And it's a different challenge every single game that they, they work on. But there is sort of a baseline that is there that if allowed to grow, it can definitely, like they can all feed each other. And I even see that in Ubisoft. Pretty much mm-hmm. a lot of the Ubisoft titles in the past uh, two, three years. I mean, I know I know Ubisoft has, has gotten a lot of... Um, like bad like bad rap uh this year alone and and rightfully so for for a lot of reasons right but one of the things they've been doing extremely well in is in accessibility you can see if you really kind of dive deep into a lot of the releases that they've released within the past few years they all carry the dna of the franchise previous to it there's mm. always something that they are adding on to essentially a suite of accessibility options that they've kind of been carrying from game to game and it's not even just within franchise it's, it's cross-franchise. So stuff you like the stuff we see now in the most recent game in Valhalla has been in it, like you've seen in Watchdogs or in the Division um, or in, in like in even in um, Hyperscape. Like it's yeah. all that stuff is there and it's kind of built on each other. And that's one of the things I, I love about um this industry is that we all like they all want to share as much as like as knowledge and resources as best as possible and that i think that kind of goes across it it goes across like like the console wars in a way like it's it's stuff that i know for a fact that there are people at microsoft looking at uh, at sony and the last of us and seeing like okay what can we do there and they and they talk and then they kind of like share that information and so accessibility is for all and I'm loving like and it's not territorial it's uh, but what I also do love is that there is also a bit of competition there where mm. um, Sony and Microsoft essentially are like, okay, like, let, let's see how if we can be able to kind of keep moving the ball forward. And when we have that kind of competition, it just makes it better for the player in the long run. Because like when, when, when companies are trying to outdo each other uh, for accessibility, that just makes it better for uh, for the uh, disabled players. And I'm like, all right, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll eat the popcorn as they try to like, <laughs> compete against each other. Uh, it's fine for me. That means more games I can be able to play. So, yeah, um, yeah it, it definitely is something that is uh, that is totally being shared across the industry.
0: Before we pivot to, I want to hear what you've been playing and, and stuff you've been digging of late, but before we pivot to that, I'm really curious, um, what's, some of those, what's some of the kind of like um, major things that you still don't see kind of being the baseline, uh, uh, things that are being added into these games right now? I know, of course, there are lists for, for multiple different kinds of disabilities, but I think there mm-hmm. are some possible... Uh, things that are kind of like the the low hanging fruit that we would say that people should be kind of implementing into the game that they 're not necessarily hitting on it in those ways, what are some of the things you kind of want to see as a baseline uh, for, for for accessibility in games uh, going forward?
1: um yeah i'll probably like uh i mean there's a lot of things obviously yeah the different types of disabilities so uh being able to remap controls completely um is something that for uh, motor disabilities something that's still kind of like it's it's in a lot of games now but it's still kind of like pretty complex and uh can be difficult for uh, disabled players still, uh, and the fact that Sony doesn't have an, uh, a hardware solution for those players is something that I'm, I'm still like I, I would love to, for them to be able to see as, a, as an adaptive controller like Xbox has. Mm. Um, for even for for the blind uh, players, there's two main things that i would like I, I I still want to be able to see more of, and uh, the that is the the going away from using small text in games. We saw a lot of that within the past few years, and mm-hmm. I just want more options to be able to adjust the size of uh, the, of these games. There's uh, and then also the ability to be able to have um, narration uh, for all text uh, in the game because that's something that uh, blind players need a lot. I need a lot, uh, and would help a, me immensely. Um, whether that's narration through voiceover or through a built-in API, um, stuff like that. That that would be that would be absolutely great and definitely would be like a low-hanging fruit uh, for sure. And then uh, even for deaf and hard of hearing, just more uh, versatility with subtitles and full captions. Sometimes we're kind of getting a little bit better at. um, There could be some tweaks here and there, but the thing that we're also missing is full captions where the sound effects uh, are not necessarily, there's not a visual element to it. Um, So if there's someone shooting at you from, from behind, there's really nothing, there's some games that don't really have that kind of, uh, thing that tells you like visually that there's someone shooting you from behind. Um, there are certain games that do it better than others, but uh, that's something that uh, full captions or at least the ability to be able to visualize sound is something that's still being uh, that can easily be worked on, I think, throughout throughout. So those the kind of like the yeah, like you said, the low hanging fruit of, of accessibility. I would love to see more it become essentially those low hanging fruits become standards in accessibility yeah. uh, moving forward.
0: Badass, I, I'm happy to hear that. And I mean, I got I forgot what game was playing maybe two weeks ago. And that that thought came into my head. I was like, if I can't see this, how in (laughs) the hell can anyone who's visually impaired see this? Like, literally, I can't see this.
1: And I have a big-ass
0: TV, and I can't see it.
1: Um, so, so I have I have a little tiny story about that from the, I heard from yeah. a developer. Uh, so there was one uh, I won't say the name of the developer of the game uh, that they're working on, but they told me the story of um, there was this one art director that was trying to be able to lower the size of the text in the games because he wanted everyone to see the beautiful environments and the arts of the game itself. And we needed to like we need to push everything off to the side so that there's all this an art amazing environments can come through. And this one developer, was basically going in after hours guerrilla style and just slowly increasing the text size again. <laughs> like just a little bits at a time that so that the art director didn't even notice. And it's still like the game came out and it didn't have a huge amount of like uh like uh, like larger text per se, but at least it was better than what it was. Uh and so they but yeah it's just basically the art director just didn't even notice that they had been kind of like <laughs> he'd been losing the battle of the small text run, So <laughs>
0: I gotta love that. Like yeah. some, it was like it was kind
1: of almost like they were dead second
0: the game.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, yeah.
0: <laughs> That's dope. That's super dope. Um, yeah. We're almost out of time, uh, which is nuts because this time has flown. I can keep you on here for like another mm-hmm. hour, talking about all the other stuff. Especially before we talk about the games you've been playing, I am extremely jealous that you got to hang out with Troy Baker and talk to Troy Baker about the Matrix because I am also a Matrix nerd and I love the fact that you all talked about. The Matrix. Oh. But we but we can't talk about it now because we don't have no time. But we're gonna talk about it even if it's offline, we'll talk about Matrix stuff. Jealous. I got to Extremely show jealous. This, you know. Um, so, but what have you been playing? What's the stuff you've been digging into? I know you got I know you uh you got both uh next gen consoles, you've been playing a bunch of that. So what have you been up to and playing?
1: Uh, so I've been playing a lot of Destiny, uh, because the expansion for Beyond Lie came out and, uh, I was, it's the first time I've done this in a very long time, but, uh, my friends and I, we basically like, like steamrolled through the campaign, literally the on launch day, we spent eight and a half hours completing the entire uh, single player campaign, nice. which was awesome. Um, so, and so there's a lot of stuff that's that, uh, that I'm playing on, on that. I've been mostly playing it on, on PS5, but I've been jumping back into, uh, Xbox back and forth because of the whole cross-platform. Save, uh, which is great, um, and then uh, I've also been—I've been. Oh man, I've been rocking Miles Morales uh, for the past few weeks. Mm. It is so good. I am this. I am this close of uh, getting it, uh, getting the platinum trophy. Uh, I've got Ooh. like nine trophies left, and uh, actually, uh, you said that this episode, like audio, goes up on on Friday, correct? Yep. Mm-hmm so uh actually on this friday um i will be streaming sort of uh my my like platinum run on miles morales and uh i'm also gonna be raising money for uh i need diverse games uh nice. to uh, uh yeah to kind of uh, celebrate that so yeah hopefully i'll get like hopefully by friday i'll get my uh fingers crossed i'll get my uh, platinum trophy in uh in miles morales so i'm excited
0: all right, all right, Bracago, You know what you need to do. Then you know you need to go and check out the stream and and help Steve get to that platinum and, and push him push him forward, making sure he make yeah. sure he gets that that, that platinum in there. Uh, and also, Sony, please stop making it so that you get that little recorded video and that little picture every
1: time you get a trophy. <laughs> you know, I got I, actually, I like that honestly. I think that's like a cool little feature. I'm like, oh yeah, I get to relive that moment. <laughs> I want them to
0: do it but I want them to make those files really small (laughs) because I'm never going to share it. They just take up so much space. (laughs) Put them on, put them on. Well, I guess you can probably still do it. You can probably kick them off to to external storage. That's a whole nother conversation about the next gen consoles and external storage and blah. But Steve, fam, you are fantastic. Again, like you continue to just like make everything you touch golden and you continue to make every space, that you that you rock in just infinitely better. It, I I wish nothing but the most the most the most good coming to you in the next year and the rest of this year. Um, I know you had some stuff in the, in the crib. You had you had a flood, and we're happy to see you bounce back from that. You had you know you know has you have some some stuff going on there, but it, it's always been great to see you just bring this wonderful energy that you have and 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 continue to push for is so important, uh, aspect of the games that we play. So thank you for coming through and rocking with us tonight, man. It's been, it's been a pleasure to have you. And of course, now that you are an official Chicago resident, because you have become, you've become a guest on the show. That means you got to come back and, and come rock with me some more.
1: Hell yeah. And, and the pleasure's all mine, sir. Uh, thank you so much. And like, you've been, you've been rocking this year, like so much. I, mean, I need to get, I need to like, get me some of that spot like spot on me shoes man i i I need to get me one of a pair of those like it's I man that's so dope but like i mean dude you got a shoe deal you got a shoe deal my my, sir like that's so dope but uh anyway y'all no thank you for for having me on and uh and introducing me to the 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 residents of percago i'm 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 extremely honored
0: always always man again go follow steve steve's info is gonna be in all of our show notes you see his twitter tag uh right on screen as we speak again every Everybody in podcast land, make sure you go check him out. Everybody in broadcast land and in Twitch land, make sure you go give him some love because he absolutely deserves it. Much love to you, Steve. I will get up with you after the show. We'll chat a little bit later uh, uh, offline as well about some, some game stuff. Cause we got to play. We haven't had a chance of playing things since we did our what's good games run. So we got to play. Oh yeah, too. that's
1: right. Yes. Yeah, hell running. yeah. Hell yeah.
0: All right, Steve. So we're going to get up out of here. We'll let you go. Uh, everybody in Chicago, give him some love, give him some, Love out there in them Twitter streets. Yo, this is what you get when you come to spawn on me. Steve is fantastic. He's brilliant. It is always dope to be able to bring folks who are experts in their field to be able to talk about the wonderful things they're doing. Um, and also I love to be able to talk to people about them changing the world. This is nuts. This is so dope. It's true. That man changed the world. And all the folks that has been doing this work, they've been changing the world. So it's it's, it's great to be able to have that uh, in, in this place. So, um, we're going to get up out of here again. Be, uh, careful for your holiday, uh, week, uh, you know, the weekend's gonna be coming up, you know, again, travel has been wild now because everybody just magically thought that <laughs> COVID didn't happen and they're on the planes now rolling around, going seeing their families. Please be safe. Please make sure you're wearing your mask. Make sure you're washing your hands. Make sure you're washing your butt. That's just for hygiene. Cause we don't want you stinking out in the streets, but make sure you do it all at work um the show will be up on friday videos will be up on um up on early next week or so uh again huge shout out again to the folks over at logitech if you saw that video that i shared on twitter a little bit earlier about them helping us to outfit spawn on me studios 2.0 that is a blessing and a half uh magical things to that uh, Dr. Jones asks in the chat What happened to voicemails Those are going into separate shows Those are going to go into a uh, bi-weekly show Called Ask Ka Anything But we need more voicemails Speakpipe.com Is where you can send me more voicemails To be like, yo, Ka, your food sucks All that kind of stuff Also, we have something very special On November 28th That's going to be happening At 10 a.m. PST Again, November 28th 10 a.m. PST, you're going to want to make sure that you're looking at my Twitter feed, twitter.com slash Kajakins, K-H-J-H-K-I-N-S, on that day. It'll be up there for a while because the rib beef that Paris and I will be coming to a head on that day. I have a very special message for him and I brought a couple friends along to talk about our rib beef. So again, 10 a.m. PST, November 28th is the one-year anniversary of our rib beef. So I want you to make sure you're checking that out because uh, the, the, the little tweet that's going to go up is probably going to surprise and delight all of you at home. So, so, we'll, so we'll see about that. Again, massive love to our friends over at uh, Interactive for, for sponsoring the show. Massive love for them showing up and, and giving us love for uh, The Pathless, which is a game you should absolutely go check out and play. And uh, yeah, we're going to get up out of here for this week. Uh, much love to you all at home. Uh, and please, 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 please do the right thing. Don't eat cornbread because it's terrible. And I, I want you all to live. I don't want you to eat cornbread out in these streets. Like, I, I, want, you to, I want you to not have cement in your throat when, when you go and, and eat your, your, your food. So don't do that, please. All right. Much love to you all. See you on a bit. Remember, Saturday is going to be a really fun day. Ha, 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 ha. Later.